1: have you ever thought that you'd like to see what audible.com is all about? Well, guess what? You can, because we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth and check out the audiobooks, but also check out the other content that's there. It's pretty comprehensive and um, I think you're gonna enjoy it. This podcast has uh, gained recognition over the years as a great resource for small business owners, sales professionals, business leaders of all kinds. Uh, It has been included on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. And that is because of the guests. Uh, These are people who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Melanie Goel. Melanie is a brand strategist for small business owners and author of the book, Unique, Six Simple Steps to Creating a Highly Effective Personal Brand. Over the past six years, she's developed value propositions and brand strategies for multiple startups ranging from small fintechs to giants like Tesla. Today, she's teaching founders and business owners how to position themselves and their businesses strategically for success. Thanks so much for joining me today, Melanie.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Excited I'm,
1: to be here. I'm so glad because I'm excited to have you here. Now, um, let, let's talk about branding. Uh, would you give the listeners an idea of like what branding is, I always feel like there's some misunderstandings about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I love that you you, um, hit on that right away because I think there's um, a big misunderstanding and that's due to the sort of weakness around branding. Um, So I think that there's not necessarily, like everyone knows that branding is important but just a few really know what it actually is. So branding really is a reputation management. So um, if you want to do branding for your business or for yourself, what you basically do is you think about what kind of reputation do I want to have? What um, do I have to do to get to that reputation? That would be then the marketing activities or the outreach in general. And the third one is what do I have to do to maintain that reputation? So these are three things that are, or three questions that are essential. And I think if you can answer them, then you have like a way less vague idea of what branding is, right? So just by having, even by knowing that, okay, it's about reputation, it's about recognition, um, it already, you know, um, breaks down this very vague term of branding. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I thank you for that. I think that definitely helps people land on it. I'm hoping that they know what reputation they want to have, but also what reputation they already have. Because, Absolutely. Right? That,
2: that, is, that is such a crucial question. Um, it's It's so important to... To kind of uh, visualize for yourself it's also one of the those steps um that that i that i'm um, that i'm talking about also in the book but um it's really important to understand okay what's the reality what have you done already um what is your your actual image and also being honest about it like being um maybe sometimes it's also hard <laughs> because maybe the reputation is not that great. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah. this can also be, that, that could be a, that, that, or that's, that's an option too. And I always say to, to my clients, you know, it's better if you are looking closely and you for yourself admit the shortcomings or even the weaknesses of your business, um, than if someone else uh, points it out to you, and <laughs> that it's out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Can can, a, can uh, so if a business owner identifies that their reputation isn't quite what they want it to be, is it too late or can they change that?
2: No, I think, it, I mean, it kind of depends on, uh, it depends on how established you are already, but, um, I do think there's always a way for rebranding. I mean, this is this is something that companies do all the time. Usually they do it a little like to become more modern, like, I don't know, Visa and MasterCard had they changed their logos or have new like um, taglines and slogans. But if you realize that you don't have the greatest reputation, I think the first step should be um, to figure out why. Um, where along the way um, did you go Did you go wrong? And one of the two most common mistakes that I've realized, um, amongst, especially amongst um, startups and small businesses, is that um, they're looking at the competitors. They're looking at the market, and they say, either Oh wow you know there's an opportunity let me jump into that opportunity um and then they just do it even though it's not really authentic to who they are or even their skills they just jump to it because it's it's maybe an opportunity or the second thing is they look at competitors say okay what they're doing is successful so i should adopt the same thing and i should do the same uh, kind of follow the same steps but what is overlooked at that point very often is that it's their success formula it's what makes them unique that's why they're successful so they have done their work to figure out how they can stand out with their branding and their reputation and it's not necessarily working for you because you bring something new to the or bring a new angle most likely and hopefully you don't offer the exact same thing so um so I, I really like what, um, there's this great book by Al Reese and Jack Trout on positioning. Uh, it's my favorite marketing book. And what they say is, you know, be the first to occupy the mind of your customer. If you're not the first, don't go head to head, but find a new angle that isn't yet occupied. And, and that's really kind of what you have to do if you do branding, especially if you realize that your branding is either not successful or that your reputation is sort of off. Then figure out, okay, what it makes you special, what makes you different from the competitors. Don't just copy. And yeah. I like I see this as the most common mistakes why reputations fail, because they, they either you know, aim too high with what they're telling people to offer, um, or they're just copying someone else and then the expectations, because the reputation management in the end is also an expectation management.
1: So. Oh, that is so interesting. I totally agree with you that this is what companies do. And they, it's so interesting. I, I do a program called the power of you.
2: Hmm.
1: And that's really what it's about. It's, it's about, you know, we're all in competitive fields and your prospect can get the thing almost anywhere. So why you? You know, why why are they going to get it from you? And that is your differentiator and your uniqueness that is what ends up being valuable.
2: Absolutely, right? So it's it's exactly that point where you say, okay, what do I bring to the table that no one else has, you know, um, utilized yet? And it's often, and it, it's, it's in the, like this, um, it's either an individual or it's a company, but it's usually what makes it unique is the unique composition of skills of the product or service, the, the, the kind of values that you bring to the table. That's why I always say, why are people not doing value propositions anymore? It's, oh. it's so, it's so crucial because if you know your values, then you know what you're it's it's your framework, it's your structure of your business and even of your own personal brand, for example. But um, if that it's usually this unique composition, if you have the values figured out, then you can derive all the other elements of of branding that create a reputation in the end, right? So you can you can basically yeah create all these these activities based on. on on the value system that you're creating and that Uh, composition is usually what makes you unique because everyone has a different and every business has a different um, value um, yeah value uh, composition uh, different skills different angles to a service or product and all this together makes you unique and you just have to take the time and walk that extra mile to figure that out what that is to really look at all these different aspects of your business that kind of can influence your, your branding and your reputation. And um, it takes time. It takes work. And I think this is one of the, uh, I would say, one of the um, difficulties around branding, especially for smaller companies and startups, because it doesn't have an immediate outcome. It's a more of a long-term investment. <laughs> and especially in the beginning where in small businesses, you want to see um an outcome yeah. for everything that you do, because you have to really prioritize. So I think yeah. that's why it's often overlooked how important the branding is. But um, in the long run, it's just, it's just so crucial.
1: I so agree with you. That, that is fascinating. So you, let's talk about values. How does a company really figure out what their values are?
2: Yeah, yeah, I love that question. I love that question um, because it's uh, yeah, it's it's really um, yeah, it's it's not easy. It's one of these questions like where it it feels vague again, right? So it feels like something vague. Okay, what's a company value? But um, I always say, just imagine um, you're walking out of a room. And what, or you leave a room and then you say, what do I want people to say about my business in three words? Like, what do I want them to say is this business is they work like, or they believe in like, what are the three adjectives I want people to say um, about who I am or what my business is. And Hmm. that is what, that is the first, that's basically the first exercise that you can do to figure out what, um, what kind of values you, um, you want to be um, associated with your business. If you have like a small business, let's say you have only 10 people, what's also one other way of doing, or not another way, but an additional way is um, I think what we have to know about, about branding or reputation management is that it does not just the message, it's not just communication, it's not just advertising. Branding also involves your um, employees, for example. It, employ- it involves all the people. If you want to have one unified image out there, then that means that every communication, even your product, your service lifecycle, everything should shout those those value adjectives that whenever someone interacts with that brand or with a person who's working for that brand um, has the same experience and that creates that reputation, right? So one other way of thinking is, uh, or, or thinking about is, okay, what motivates all the people in this room to work for this business? Like what are the things that drive them? What difference, like what is the brand purpose? What difference does the business make in the long run? Like in the big picture, uh, why are you doing what you're yeah. doing and um, what drives the business and also the employees beyond making money? So these are all questions that um, that you can ask to figure out what your values are. Um, and uh, another thing that I uh, I, I help, or that I ask clients, for example, is, what is the one thing you want your business to be known for? Mm-hmm. For example, so there's one there's one um, exercise um, that I usually um, let people do. Um, that's um, that's basically a sheet of like 150 values. And I let them look through them. I say, just pick 10 of them that you want to be associated with your business. Let's say um, it should be um, competitive. Uh, It should be specific and efficient. I don't know, like um, that's just the top of my head. Um, And I say, take all these 10 and then prioritize them, like pitch every value against the other. Um, And then, yeah, and in the end, The top three values that you have there are the values that you find most important, your core values, and those should be, those values should be prevalent in absolutely everything that you do. You should even choose employees according to that. Do they have the same values? Are they motivated by the same things?
1: Oh my gosh. So I was just going to say, I love that exercise, first of all, but I was just going to say that I can hear business owners saying to themselves, Okay, well, these are my values, but not everybody here has them. And so I'm so glad you said you should choose your employees that way because one of the values of that exercise for me is that you can look at then everybody and ask who works in your company, and ask yourself the question: Is every you know does everyone share these values? And if they don't, it's at least worth a conversation. They're, they're, they might, and it might just not be that the owner has really talked about it and shared it and expressed how important it is and how it fits into the greater scheme of things, or there could just be bad fits and it it could be the reason why maybe they're noticing certain people aren't meeting their expectations.
2: Absolutely. I love that you, that, that you said that. I absolutely agree. And I think like what what happens sometimes um especially also in smaller businesses um the business owners uh, obviously aspire to get the best of the best people yeah. so they say i want to have xyz people let's say i want to have people who went to this elite university or did this and have been working at apple or i don't know like anything and that's not really, if you think about branding, it's not really the question you should be asking. It's like, I mean, you can still aspire to get those people, but what you should be asking is, okay, I want to have the people who, um, who share those same, same values, who are motivated by the same thing. And that will make my business thrive because we are all in the same, we are all in this together right and those could be people who are came from harvard but this could also be people who um, maybe didn't even study um, right. right so, so right. i think this is this is a little bit of a different angle and i love that you said um they don't share my values i think that is then also um where they don't share those values i think that's also sometimes overlooked that this is also the job of a business owner right as you mentioned yes to To kind of make sure that then don't hire them only because they have that on their CV it doesn't necessarily make them the right people for your business.
1: Exactly. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I want to continue the conversation. The uh, Accelerate you Your uh, Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, and you probably know by now that Audible.com is a leading provider of. Um, digital audio entertainment. And you you probably know it for the audiobooks. And yeah, they have thousands of audiobook titles to choose from. I'm currently listening to Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Uh, But you may not know about all the other content that they have, like podcasts, and guided meditations, and audible originals. I personally find incredible value in being able to get different kinds of audio content all in one place it's a time saver for me I just you know I love that I don't have to have a bunch of different platforms open and go from one to the other uh, and that I can pick up right where I left off on you know whatever it is I'm listening to I have a feeling you're gonna appreciate that level of um, efficiency and gaining time and diversity of content, so I'm offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com businessgrowth sign up for that free trial, and then explore on your own. Check it all out, see what makes sense to you, what resonates with you, and enjoy. Are you interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Well, I have a deal for you. Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling, my new book on Amazon, email me your receipt, and I'll send you a link for a complimentary one-hour strategy call. It's a pretty good deal. It ends on February 14th, 2021. Today we're speaking with Melanie Goel about how to take the guesswork out of branding which she is providing some really great information on actually how to do that. Melanie, we were talking before the break um, about a lot of things, but one of the things that stuck in my head was about uh, potential customers, potential clients. And I would love it if you would share with the listeners your viewpoint on how to find the right Target markets, and at what point in the branding process do you think the uh, a small business should be thinking about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's actually one of my that's one of my favorite topics <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> uh, so I love that we we're um, that we we're talking about this. Um, so from from my experience, and I've been uh, spending a lot of time. Um, kind of evaluating and analyzing that experience because as I said before, uh, a lot of, a lot of mistakes or that happen uh, with branding is that we just look at the competitors, we just look at the market, see okay there's an opportunity, let me do this and um, without even evaluating what our own strengths are like from a personal perspective, for example, but also from a business perspective like what are the strengths that the business brings? Um, to the market. So it's usually an um, outside-in approach or a top-down approach. I say top as we look already at the market before we actually look at what we or what our business can offer. And I think this is this is why a lot of people fail in branding or a lot of businesses fail in branding. And I think it should be exactly the other way around. So there was a great quote by Simon Sinek. He said, to stand out, you need to know what you stand for. And in order to stand for, you have to figure out what the strengths and the values of your business are before you look at the target market. Um, So I'm, I'm an advocate of kind of turning this whole process around and really starting with goal setting and then value setting then setting up your brand image, then that is like the inside part, and then looking to the outside of okay, what are this, what is like the company really offering, what makes it different and unique, and then we look at the market fit. So, uh, before I dive into that, I would first um, respond to the um, the question before like when should companies start thinking about this? Um, I think business branding it should be integrated right from the start. The reason is if you create that framework or if you if you think about branding, you're creating a framework. Um, you're creating a structure um, with your tone of voice, with the brand messaging, with your value proposition. If you have that figured out, you have a framework according to which you can create all the marketing activities. You can create the product Uh, you can create everything around your business and if you have that value proposition ready. And based on that, you're always going to create a unified experience. So that's why I think uh, every business should start with branding very early. And if they didn't, then they should start now. Um, It's the same with product branding. Product branding should be developed right. Right. along with business branding. So if you already think about, okay, how am I going to position my company? How can I create recognition or how can I get recognized better? Um, how can I um, influence my uh, reputation? Also think about how that pre- how your product should be branded, that it aligns with this, the business branding that you're creating. Then there's a third part of branding, there's employer branding as well. Um, I think it's also important for smart business, uh, small businesses. But uh, I think it makes more sense once um, a company starts growing, obviously. But um, in order to speak about the um, market market fit, so what as I as I just mentioned, I think what's important is to really figure out what you are standing for before you go into the market fit. Because I always say you should not make your brand fit whatever and wherever the demand is in the market, but make find a market, a niche that fits your brand. And that is-
1: I love that. <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's so different from how some marketing or how most people do marketing But from my experience, especially also like bigger brands that I've worked with, that's exactly why they're successful because they know what their strengths are, they know what their values are, they keep communicating those values. And then they find the people who are most, who are going to resonate the most with that particular image. And the great thing about that, if you do it that way, it's like a brand, it's like a branding funnel. Because if you have, like, at the beginning, you have like the whole world open for you, and then you start thinking, okay, what is my goal? That's already reducing it a little bit. Then you say, okay, what are my values? Okay, that reduces the target group a little bit. Then you say, okay, what is what kind of tone of voice works with those values? Uh, what kind of brand message works with those values? Okay, so it gets a bit more narrow again. So that means uh, the target group gets Narrow. Then you say, okay. Then I look at what is my company actually offering. So what is the product or the service that I offer? Again, it gets narrower because for a couple of people or a lot of people, this might not be interesting. Then you look at, okay, what makes me special? What makes me unique? And um, there's a great exercise that I usually share with uh, that I that, that that I usually do with uh, clients. There, where you then really only look at, okay. The, you you look at the com- competitors and how the competitors are doing and how you are basically what are you doing better and what you're doing less good um, than your competitors and when and then basically you just take out the things that you do better or different and that's sort of your added value right so that is the things that make you unique and that is already the first part of finding your market fit because the people who are responding. To those competitors on which you have leverage because you have a different or better offer. Those are the people who might most who, who might be responding or might be um, interested in whatever message you are sending because you are sending something better, but they are already interested in something very, very similar. Um, and so here you really have like a funnel that narrows down to basically a small niche. And if you were work, start working with that niche, your chance for success is so much higher uh, because you have all this figured out and you really found the people who are most likely going to convert for your business because you did all, all this work before.
1: I so hope, <coughs> excuse me, that people really listen to that and You know, back up and listen to it again because one of the mistakes that I think a lot of small businesses make is they think they want all the business. So their messaging is really broad, really vague, doesn't really land on anybody, doesn't have a brand structure to it at all because there's nothing differentiating them. And I I love this idea of if they lead from a place of, this is who we are. are, this is how we work, these are our values, and this is what we bring to the marketplace, then the people or companies that that resonates with are the ones that are going to pick up on that messaging and therefore are going to be the right fit when it comes to a customer base.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's often overlooked there is um, that it's also way more efficient. And in a small business, you have to uh, prioritize, you have to be efficient with the marketing activities that you're doing or any kind of outreach that you're doing. Um, And if you work with a niche, then your likely or the chance to succeed is just so much higher than, as you said, like having this very broad very broad not even brand messaging at all like i love it for example when i browse websites and just try to analyze them and i see oh we want to become the best uh, best software company in the world yeah okay what does that even mean you know um, that, that's not a message
1: wow. and
2: um so that is that is for example one of the things right so where you and you even can communicate your shortcomings so I I was thinking the other day, I I read something similar, where it was like, okay, we are no perfectionists. We are doers instead. We try and fail, but we never stand still. We make progress and change how people do X, Y, Z along the way. And that is specific about what they do. It's specific about what kind of people they are, what kind of people they attract. And um, it shows very clearly what their values are. Right. It's it's just really great, and you you know that you are going to have a very specific target group there.
1: Yeah, right. That's going to resonate with certain people, exactly.
2: And in the beginning, you don't need more than certain people, right? Right. So you start you start with a niche, and uh, once you are you occupying that niche, um, word of mouth, and you're doing it well, then word of mouth is uh, slowly going to come and think one of the most important things about that kind of branding is that you are creating trust and that's the most crucial thing for any business but especially for small businesses who are trying to secure their place amongst bigger players um
1: yeah
2: so yeah
1: yeah yeah I totally agree I think that's a really good point okay now um you you may have shared this in, in a Um, you know, through our conversation, but I'm going to ask a question specifically, which is uh, how does a small business put a brand into action?
2: Yeah, very, very good question. Um, So there are, I think there are a couple of, um, a, a couple of different things. So beforehand, obviously you have to, you should be going through different, Uh, the different stages or those six stages of um, even like creating your brand, having something that everyone can back up and something that feels honest um, to the product and service that you're offering. Um, Once you have that, uh, what I usually tell my clients, let's sit down and list absolutely everything that is consumer facing. So for example, any type of outreach activities that communications, marketing, web copy, um, even like the texts in app stores or in like basically anything that's consumer facing, even the copy in an app, for example, or in a platform or whatever you're creating. Uh, Let's look at absolutely everything that customers get to see and then Let's find like let's let's take them. Let's take a look at how you're doing it right now, and then we take a look at okay, what is the message that we've defined? What are the values that we define? And we rewrite, we adjust every one of those steps. Obviously, that's work, um, but it's so worth it in the end. A brand only manifests in the brain of a customer if it if they see. Or if they have the same experience repeated, like repeatedly. Um, I mean, huh. it, it's like with 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 like the big brands. They have become so successful, right? Because we kept seeing the same logo, we kept uh, hearing the same music or jingles or whatever, <laughs> and and you you basically have to like do it over and over again. And in order to do that, that all cool. of the activities should have the same message because then you don't have to send a newsletter like every day, um, if customers have 10 different things that they see and still experience the same thing. And- um, I love the
1: consistency of this.
2: Yeah, I, I, I guess like this also something like, like for you, right? You've become so um, so successful with the podcast and probably also like not just um, obviously because there's great content and, and uh, great conversations that you're hosting, but also because there's so much consistency over over time.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I stuck to my message, right? I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I think consistency is important in a lot of areas of business, but I think especially in brand messaging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like one more, one more, um, one more thing that I usually that I usually go through with clients is that you should also adopt brand oriented practices internally. So that whatever messages or, or brand image that you are creating, you should go through the messaging with your employees, like you want to make sure that every employee carries the brand, the same brand image to the outside. So whenever they interact with someone, even if it's not business related, even even if it's with their friends and they talk about work or they talk about what they do, you want to make sure that they communicate it in the same way, like always, kind of it being according to the brand image that you're creating. So there, that's also one of important things. I think this is so overlooked. Like we always just think about, okay, what kind of web copy do we write? How do we write our advertising? And what is the Twitter the Twitter um, tagline? Uh, does it does it? Is it according to my brand? But it's it's also important to really adopt brand oriented habits in, in in like internally in the company.
1: Okay. That makes so much sense to me. I mean, everyone has to be rowing in the same direction for sure. And that really is, it it feels to me like it's up to the leadership to define the brand and then make sure that they are communicating it and articulating it consistently with everyone internally. And so therefore it ends up being shared externally in exactly the same you know, with the same basis, so that it becomes known.
2: I couldn't have summarized it better. (laughs) (laughs) This was a perfect summary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. I actually understand it. This is great.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So it's not that vague anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Right, exactly. It's a very good point. That's right. It seems totally manageable. So, Melanie, I really appreciate this conversation, uh, and, and I'm so grateful that you have come on and spent this time with me, and I think it's a really important conversation and um, that, that your book is really important because it shares all of this information with um, the, the reader as well. So will you tell the listeners you know, how they can find out about you, where they can get your book? you know, what you've got going on?
2: Totally. Um, Thanks for for that opportunity. Um, Yeah, so there's more information about what I do and also a lot of helpful content on melaniegoel.com. That is melanie with I-E and goel with (laughs) O-E-L dot com. And my book is available on Amazon. Uh, just search for Melanie Goel Unique or Unique Six Simple Steps to Creating a Highly Effective Personal Brand. Uh, Yeah, I, uh, I myself, I help founders and startups in general, business owners with creating a effective brand for their businesses but also for a personal brand, um, it should not be overlooked that uh, business owners also should uh, think about their own personal brand because they are the face of the company. And um, yeah, this is, this is where I help uh, people and uh, hope to you know, help them get more successful with their businesses and their own endeavors.
1: Wonderful. And what a great point that that personal brand is so important for uh, small business owners to embrace. Thank you uh, for for mentioning that. And listeners, thank you. Like I said, this is an episode you're going to want to listen to a couple of times, go get the book, pay, you know, take a look inside. uh, And you know what, get some help, reach out to Melanie and get some help making sure that your brand is on message that your company brand and your personal brand are both on message. I'd also like to thank our sponsor. Go to audibletrial.com/slash businessgrowth. Sign up for a free trial of audible.com and go exploring. Check it out. Check out the audiobooks and the programs and see what resonates with you. And also. Get your sales strategy headed in the right direction with Succeed Without Selling, available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.